Hey there, people. Hope you're going well and thanks for listening. Welcome to episode number 13, which is a conversation with Alex Ingram. Uh, I recorded this one a few months ago now, at the beginning of the whole UK lockdown situation. Uh, Alex was joining me from St. David's in Wales, which is where he's originally from and, uh, and had taken refuge <laughs> during the whole situation. Um, we talk a little bit about St. David's and what it was like getting started as a photographer out there and then also how he moved to London and got started uh, as, a, as a photographer in his own right, you know, picking up editorial commissions, uh, a few of the projects that he's worked on, uh, one in particular which was shot in Val de Luz, which is a Spanish ghost town. Um, and we talk about how he got this commission and, and what the project looked like, what his process was like. Uh, we also talk about a, an ongoing personal project that he's got on the go called The Gatekeepers, which is about um, wardens who live on tiny islands off the UK coast, um, where uh, Alex has been involved, well, has involved himself going out there and, uh, and shooting kind of a mixture of landscape and portraiture work kind of looking at the idea of these people who live um, isolated uh, on these on these little islands in you know very small numbers uh, and, and the work that they do uh, Alex is a really really nice guy um, I've known him for a couple of years we've uh, worked together as assistants on a couple of jobs and um, yeah it was really nice to sit down and chat to him and hear a bit more about his work uh, you can check out Alex's work at alexingramphoto.com uh, and you should he's got some really nice projects and you can also find him on Instagram at Alex Ingram Photo, uh, and uh, and yeah, you can see a bit of uh, what he gets up to there. If you want to follow Neutral Exposure on Instagram, you can uh, at neutral.exposure and keep up to speed with the episodes as they're released on there. And uh, and yeah, I really hope you enjoy it. Um, so uh, so here it is, episode thirteen, Neutral Exposure with Alex Ingram. Welcome to Neutral Exposure, a space for reflection and inspiration with photographers across a range of disciplines. My name's Al Simmons. How do you describe the work that you do, Alex? Um, well, I'm kind of primarily a portrait photographer and I'm, uh, I don't know, I describe myself as a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a nosy bugger who likes to go and meet so, you know, photojournalism is what I do. I go and visit places or interact with people and whatnot. But it's all, um, yeah, all primarily comes down to people. Sure. And um, I, touching, touching on that project that you're doing at the moment, that seems like quite a, a good place to start, really. Because, um, yeah, so you're, you're, you're out at the kind of the far ends of Wales. And yeah. And, and you've started shooting people within the, I was going to say the town, but it's the city, right? It's the city, yeah. So, city, so yeah. about a month ago, literally a couple of days before the, the government lockdown, I like came over to Pembroke to my parents' house, which is as far west as you can possibly go. We hit islands essentially, and um, it's UK smaller city. So coming from London to that was quite a quite a contrast. Um, but yeah, so going out every days, photographing people through their windows and kind of seeing how they're dealing with it, you know. And it's it's quite a contrast to people in London where you're stuck in a tiny flat. You know, everyone here it's countryside it's so much cheaper everyone's got big houses with gardens and you know it's so much better but it's yeah i just kind of just speak to people mm. it's, 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 it's right. like everyone is quite on like an eye level which is is, is quite nice you know, it's not like in london where you'd have people up yes. around you and, yeah you know everyone's yeah. quite in, in in vision which is absolutely cool. yeah that's that's also a plus you're not stuck on a, the 11th floor of a flat somewhere you're um you know actually got a upstairs and a downstairs and yeah, yeah. that you know that made shooting it a, a million times easier mm. it didn't have that restriction but it was yeah it's just a nice little thing to do to keep yourself busy and kind of keep creating something because i think if i suddenly find myself not shooting everything for months as it mm. could potentially be mm. i don't know i think it'd be a bit crazy i mean i've, al- yeah. I've already powered the entire outside of my house and i'll be digging out loads of brambles from the outbuildings but um yeah, photographically, it's nice to have something. Photographically, to it's nice to have something to actually do. Yeah, and it's yeah. and you know it's and it's nice to kind of make sure that people are okay because mm. you, you kind of meet some people and they're you know perhaps elderly or they live on their own or whatever. And yes, you can walk around and stuff, but you know it's a bit of light entertainment for them for ten minutes whilst they're yeah. laughing at me and my dad's through a window with him. He's got, I've got a big uh, California sunbounce. 
which actually bought a few. Mm. <laughs> I remember. I left annoyingly in London because I didn't. Really, I came here without any, you know, yeah. shooting anything. But I was. I did the first portrait, and I was like, "Oh crap! I need something to flag out all these reflections." So I came back to the house, and Dad was like, "Oh, we've got this really old manky black towel. We could use that." And we were like, "Yeah, okay." Serious. Thinking, thinking on the job. Perfect. Thinking on the job. Yeah, <laughs> but it's from from the inside looking out at what's being photographed. It's it's me with a camera, and then my dad's on some rickety old beer crate with a yeah, brilliant wooden pole and some scabby old black towel hanging off it. But it. <laughs> It, 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 kind of, nice it, I mean, it does the job, yeah, but it does look absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, the, the results are really good, though. Thank you. It was, um, um, have, you, have, you, have you been reaching out to people in advance, or is it just a case of wandering around and seeing um, who's, who's out or who's in? Well, because I grew up in in St David's, the first few people were just my mates. You know, yeah. I, I kind of just like messaged them. That's that's the kind of good thing about shooting a po- uh, project where you've got an in. I literally messaged people at like 10 o'clock in the evening and they're like, hey, really, really weird question that I will have tomorrow can I go and take a picture through your window I've kind of got this idea for a project. And they were all like, yeah, go for it. You know, it's, and it's kind of some people I've not seen for a few years because, you know, they, they live down here or they, or whatever, you know. But it's, yeah, it's nice to do. And so I just went along and started shooting them. And then I kind of put a little post out on Facebook explaining what I was doing. And then more people came forward and then just sort of walking around. And I kind of, that's that's kind of like a theme that runs through a lot of what I shoot. You start shooting somebody and they're like, oh, why don't you go and see my mate who lives down the road? Or you should go and meet my auntie or you should go and meet my nan or my old friend or whatever. And then they, you've got an in and then it kind of evolves really organically, which is which is quite a nice way of shooting. Yeah, that's great. I, you know, I, I try and do some projects sometimes and it's like kind of draw blood out of a stone. You know, you're, you're trying to source these subjects to shoot and mm. it, it's impossible. You know, you're constantly emailing people, calling people, they're rejecting the calls, they don't pick up or, or, or whatever. Whereas with this, it's just been really nice. Just getting in, getting in contact with the community that you know quite well. Yeah, sometimes. absolutely, yeah. And, and meeting people within the community that I've never met before, you know, and kind of, you know, because I've been in London for four years now, nearly. Um, and so obviously there's new people that have moved to Pembroke. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And you've done, you've done, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you've done three projects that are kind of focused on St. David's. And yeah, in looking, in looking at this one that you're doing at the moment, it kind of got me thinking, you know, is there any sense of... Um, like as you've kind of revisited it over time, you know this 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 project of your of your hometown or home city, as it were. You know, being able to kind of track a sense of development, either kind of thematically or in yeah. your own style. Well, I know. So the first project I did was um, called David's House, mm. which, which was my final year um, university project. And when you look back at those pictures, I I would have shot them so so differently now. Mm. But um, as my hometown to begin with it was more like oh let's go to this place and explore it like it was a new place i've never visited before but yeah people that i knew okay so yeah so that's that's kind of what that project was and then i've i've obviously shot it but it's a very different style and the approach but it's again sort of fundamentally about the, the people that live here rather than it being a like a kind of photo essay about the landscape or you know empty streets because that wouldn't be very good here because the streets are pretty quiet anyway but so yeah and then um there's the other project i'm shooting my ongoing thing called the gatekeepers that was also um started off with the wardens on on Skirmo and ramsey islands which are just off the coast of Pembrokeshire. so um yeah they've all they've all got this kind of same thematic quality mm. but um almost each one is a you know it's completely different in its own right Mm-hmm. You, you say the original uh, David's House project. You do a lot differently now. Kind of what? How do you look at that through your eyes, which have you know developed? Yeah, well, I, you know, just aesthetically, visually, kind of everything. You know, I I, I never really have any pictures anyway. I look at them and I'm like, oh, it's better. Like, okay, there you're shooting it and you're really thinking about everything. You're like, oh yes, this is going to work amazingly. And I come back on the computer and I'm like, yeah, it's really good. And then when you keep looking at the same images over and over again, and like if they're published in a few different places or if they're, you know, whatever, I keep looking at them and I'm like, oh, God, that's so rubbish. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 obviously, you'll have a very different opinion, but I think they, even looking back at that project, which I suppose must be what, 
near enough 10 years ago now? Uh, no, five years ago. Five years ago? Okay. I'm a, I'm a young man. I'm only 26. You're, you're, young, you're, you're younger than I thought. <laughs> but anyway, um, I suppose it wasn't the intention necessarily, but, you know, putting, you know, that series next to this one that you're doing now, you know, this, it, it yeah. kind of sits together quite nicely. And it's, it's quite nice even to have that, that yeah. sense of... You know, and there has been a stylistic change. Right? Yeah, well, but it's also what's quite nice is some of the subjects I've shot on this little project is, um, you know, they're, they're the same people I shot on that project five years ago. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice to see what they're up to now. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, um, you know, what they've been doing. What, has their life changed or is it exactly the same as it was before? You know, it's, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite nice to be able to kind of have a, a theme that you can, or a, or a place you can return to and, yeah and just and just build on that yeah yeah absolutely um and there's the St David's work and then a lot of your other stuff which you seem to be whether you're drawn to or whether it's just uh, a matter of uh, feasibility but you seem to focus quite strongly on quite quintessentially English themes and 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 and, and yeah and home and, and and all these all these ideas but then also there's a project which you did in uh in, in, in study, a study of a town in spain and that kind yeah. of that stands out as being quite you know obviously very non-english but um how do you maybe look at it differently to the to the very kind of home-based project yeah well that that was a, a commission for the new york times that I on last year um and it was a it was a story that i'd been researching for about six months prior to actually pitching it to them um because, like, you know, if I'm doing a project, I, I really do research into it and kind of get to, you know, have a, a real understanding of what I want to do there before I go. Mm. Uh, so I picked it, yeah, and uh, it's also, so the, the story is about this town called Valdez, which is a uh, kind of quintessential Spanish ghost town that uh, was kind of really impacted by the financial crash in 2008. And it's, yeah, it's a ghost town and... I don't know, kind of a lot of, I don't know why, but quite a lot of my projects seem to focus on almost like isolated living and, and living in remote places and how you can form a community with not really a huge amount of people there. Mm. Um, and yes, yeah, so I pitched that story to them and back and forth months and months, but they, they sent me over there for, for about a week and it was kind of a dream brief because they let me have complete creative freedom just to go and shoot it exactly as I wanted to. They were just like, yeah, we're going to send you there and you shoot your story. Perfect. Wow. And, you know, I had a writer with me there for one day, but considering I don't speak any Spanish, it was like mm-hmm. entirely on like Google Translate. It was, uh, yeah, it was quite a challenge. So. Yeah, yeah. How, how did it differ in not being able to speak the language to, you know, other stories that you've worked on? Yeah, I mean, that was weird, you know, because it, it really was a lot of the time relying on... Um, Google Translate to try and uh, direct a sort of conversation through very, very broken English and very, very broken Spanish. I was kind of trying to show a positive side of it rather than here's a ghost town that's just completely empty. Mm-hmm. I was kind of more focusing on the fact that it was a ghost town that is is kind of coming back to life and there's, there's a almost a real community and like family that's formed people that live there. So I, I think people were more kind of understanding and willing to be involved and kind of understood what I wanted to do mm. than if I was just there for like a day and yeah. came in, took some pictures of some empty streets and left because I was actually there and I stayed in the town and I, you know, or just outside the town and, you know, I was there every day from seven in the morning until like 10 o'clock at night mm. walking around. People kind of see you and they're like, who the hell's this guy, you know? Mm. It was, yeah, it was interesting. It's, it was a nice, nice project to shoot. That's cool. How, how did you hear about the the history there in the first place? I, it's quite unique. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure the exact place where I had it, but I remember um, an episode of Top Gear years ago. They were, they were saying, I think, I'm not sure if it was there or if it was another Spanish ghost town, but they were zooming around some fast cars around empty streets. Mm. I thought, oh, that's quite an interesting idea. Where is that? And I started researching all these different places and... And Val de Luz is, is quite a quite a, a, a well known example of, of the impact of the, the recession and how people have kind of come back to life from this kind of empty ghost town, you know. It's, it, it was supposed to be so basically the designers, the architects and everything, they, they planned it as a Spanish version of Palm Springs, they described it okay. as they're wanting to have like thirty thousand people there. 
um, and it was designed in this like American grid system. But then, so they started building all the infrastructures there, the roads and the lights and the telephone masts and all this kind of thing. And they started building a quarter of it, and then the financial crash hit, and they just stopped building instantly overnight. Like literally, mm. didn't work. So you've got this really weird juxtaposition of these very nice flats surrounded by like these empty wastelands, and mm. you know these these flats are lovely. Like they're in London, you're going for you know, a couple of million. So pretty big places with like concierge and swimming pools and all this kind of thing yeah but yet you've got these like directly next door to it you've got this empty you know like a, a not finished supermarket or an unfinished church or mm. you know just this wasteland essentially so it's, it's quite a, an interesting place to go and visit geographically mm. as well as like as a story you know sure and then in terms of your research, you know, was it quite, um, well, I suppose when you're, when you're going into the research from projects, are you looking very much through the, uh, through a kind of visual perspective or are you looking at the history and no, uh, the history? Yeah. Yeah. History, yeah. Because, um, I don't know, I, I consider myself like a photojournalist. So whether you're, you're a writer or a photographer, if you're selling a story, you need to, you need to know the history of the place and have an understanding of it, of, of what you're doing and what you're photographing and, what is it about this particular place or person or whatever, whatever that you find interesting? Mm. And then you go to that place and you explore it and you meet people and you pull in all these different resources. And at the end of it, you have an essay. And whether that essay is written in text or it's written in photos, it's kind of building this this story of a location. And mm. um, yeah, that's that's more what I was interested in. Because I, I, I did architecture at university before I did photography. Okay. So I've kind of got a bit of an interest in... Um, in that aspect anyway um but yeah it was it was that was more what i was researching not not because if you google it before you just see loads of empty street yeah yeah, yeah. And you, and the same picture right. over and over and over and over again and i didn't want yeah, to yeah. go to a place and shoot the same picture that's been shot yeah those of times so you kind of decide on the story that you're telling while you know through through capturing it rather than yeah you know, i'm gonna go yeah. and, and capture this the, these details or whatever. yeah and you kind of go to a place and well with with that story i had the the luxury of being there a few days so I wasn't restricted and being like right I've got five hours I've got to mm. kind of get the standard editorial photo essay shot mm. of like you know like a wide shot and all that you know all, there's, there's these kind of certain shots you have to get if you're only in a place for a couple of hours to, to tell a story for a magazine yeah but I, I wasn't under that pressure as much mm. because I had the time to kind of dig a bit deeper I you know the first day I probably only took about 20 20 pictures in total mm. over the whole day okay. but you kind of you kind of go around and you meet people and you start talking to people you explain what you're doing and you just chat to people and and you know kind of make them feel more comfortable i think mm. that's cool how, how much convincing of the of the new york's time uh, new york times did it take to get them to, to send them send you out there to do it if you say you kind of took the idea to them um not a lot really i mean i pitched mm. to a few other newspapers but they weren't i don't know that yeah they, I, I emailed them and then like five minutes later they were like yeah okay let's we're interested in this we're going to pitch it to the you know the, the editors and stuff and then you know it, it was weeks of, of back and forth back and forth back, and we had a few takes penciled in and then it got postponed and stuff like that but then it was like you know Thursday evening they're like okay you're going on Saturday cool okay cool yeah okay right yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going and you know that was kind of like the first big mission that I'd done and it was you know it was like on the cover of the newspaper and stuff like that which is pretty wild um, um, yeah it was, it was a fun one <laughs> yeah yeah that's really cool and you say that you, you you studied architecture first like what what what's what drew you to photography you know what what was the first first um, point that you kind of became became interested in well I was always with camera? always shooting people ever since I was like 14 whether it was like my mates going cliff diving or surfing or just like getting drunk on a beach like I was always kind of um and so when I was actually applying for architecture uh, photography stuff like I was just kind of crap at drawing so so all my yeah my whole portfolio was, was portraits of people or stuff like that and quite a few of the interviews they're like you should be doing photography rather than architecture I was like no 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 I want to I want to do I want to do architecture because like my my uncle and some of my cousins they're all architects as well and I kind of liked the idea of visualizing something in my head and then seeing like a physical thing coming out of the ground. Mm. But um, yeah, I got to Nottingham Trent, did a year of it, and I was like, actually, nah, that's not for me. I'm not sure interested in uh, 
meeting people and you know photographing people and talking to them rather than like being one of 500 people in an architectural firm and i'm there designing the pipes or something you know it's <laughs> yeah 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 i kind of had this bit of an awakening when we had a professional practice lecture and they were like I think there's like 200 people in my year and they were like out of the last year only three of them are doing anything to do with architecture at all I was like you know if I'm going to do a seven years of something and invest all this time and energy and you know You've got to be quite sure of what's going to come at the end of it. Well, I've got to be, I've got to be a hundred percent committed to do it and really push. And I kind of made that decision that you know perhaps I wasn't pushing mm-hmm. and that interested in in architecture as much as I thought. And what I was really interested in was photography and you know meeting people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 really all I like photography for. Is I'm I meet people. I get to be nosy and go into some cool places and learn new things and meet some really interesting people and just do things that like you just wouldn't do if you had any other job like it's a really really fortunate thing to do mm-hmm. and you know you've got to love what you do if you job you can do it for the next 60 years of your life or something mm-hmm. christ you've got to enjoy it if you hate it every day what's the point <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for sure and I, I think also you know there's there's in looking at your your kind of style of composition you know there's definitely still something that you've retained of that yeah interest in architecture yeah and like i said i, I try to I, I do get a bit bored of looking at my pictures and I, <laughs> I try and mix it up but i always always find myself coming back to you know in the edit the images i select are the ones where i'm a bit more constructive and everything's really well thought out compared mm-hmm. to the more free organics i'm really envious of some photographers you can just see this kind of like quick really yeah. fast where i find a lot more like slower and considered and mm. i don't know yeah i know i know what you mean I, I i find the same thing it's like i spend so long kind of yeah composing you know whether it's certain angles or certain kind of formations but um yeah you're right some people do just seem to be able to effortlessly um just capture something yeah (laughs) i mean i'd love to see their you know the the contact sheet of what else they shot whether you know whether that's just one good frame out of a hundred or whatever but i don't know what they yeah yeah like that but maybe that's just not the kind of best look i am you know sure sure so so when, when when you are shooting whether it's editorial or 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 a kind of documentary project you know do you are you a handheld shooter? Do you work on a tripod? You know, kind of what's your, um, what's your process? Depends what it is I'm shooting. You know, uh, all uh, kind of. I'm shooting this project, The Gatekeepers, which is all about um, island wardens living in this kind of isolated remote places around the UK. Um, I mean, that's all shot on a Hasselblad Mamiya. So that's film, and there's, there's no romantic reason for that apart from the fact that practically I'm on an island and <laughs> if a digital camera breaks, I haven't got a clue how to do it with a analog camera breaks I can kind of screw it back together yeah sure <laughs> um, so it's more kind of practical reason for that so that's all you know that's very slow on a tripod and stuff but then yeah it depends you know mm. I shot a, a campaign for uh, TFL last year and that was I got that commission because of the Gatekeepers project and they were like we want you to shoot it exactly how you shot that so it's like okay so you know they gave me a proper budget to go and shoot it how I wanted to you know and but it, but it was a really small team. It was me and the kind of client and an art director. Mm. And we just sort of rocked up to these places and, and shot it, you know. Yeah, cool. That's, ni- that's nice that, that that gig, I didn't know that that gig came from um, from the gate, gatekeeper's work. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite nice. I think it's, that's one of those things, you kind of shoot your projects and then you're like investing, you know, potentially tens of thousands of pounds to shoot it. And you're like, oh, right, okay, this is, quite a lot of money now it's a lot of time i'm investing in this how am i going to get any return on this and then something like that comes along and then it kind of, yeah. nice know. to nice to feel that it's kind of uh it's, it's coming back around into something else yeah, well it's cool. nice to see that you know people are actually seeing your work yeah you know i, I don't shoot things for people to see but but you know if, if you know that someone's actually seen it and goes, okay, so actually that's really nice it, it's it's quite you know it's quite a nice feeling but. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and you, you kind of mentioned before that the um, that the Val de Luz project was kind of it felt like a bit of a breakthrough. And um, what what was the was there anything else kind of from that transition to studying photography to then you know making a making a viable livelihood from it? Um, you know, was there any kind of particular milestones along the way that, that well, I mean, things along? So I came to London straight after 
quit after graduating. I went from that and then we planned to come back to Pembrokeshire for a little bit. And then um, my fiance, who's training to be a lawyer, she got offered a job on like a Friday and they're like, okay, can you start on Monday? So we had to move back to London and and live with her nan for a couple of months. And, you know, I kind of, I was lucky because I didn't have to pay any rent there for two months. But yeah, I kind of found myself in London and with no internet or anything like that. So I was going to the National Portrait Gallery and sitting in there using their Wi-Fi. Nice. Yeah, going in there (laughs) and literally just sitting there on my laptop, just researching photographers and agencies and other assistants and stuff like that and being like, maybe I should go and meet these people and like try assisting for a bit. And so I did that and I spent two months, I earned 50 quid in like two months. Mm-hmm. And I just, every single day we'd, we'd come in from Kingston into central London, Jules would go to her job. I'd go sit in the national portrait gallery, email people. And then gradually I'd be like, okay, cool. I can go for a meeting with someone. And then there'd be another one. And then, you know, just gradually meet more and more people. And then I started assisting, um, a lot. Like I, you know, it got to the stage where I was assisting every single day for okay. like a year and a half, um, which was good. You That's know, great. Yeah. You know, on quite big shoots, like advertising campaigns and stuff. So, you know, you're earning decent money doing that. Mm. And then I was like, actually, maybe I could a little bit of a back burner on assisting and try to start shooting. So I got putting my efforts into looking for more assisting work. There's, there's, there's some really great photographers who I still assist purely because I just love them as people mm. and, you know, but then I sort of tried to go and meet more people, started shooting more stuff myself, little test shoots or personal projects and things like that. And, you know, just kind of met people mm. and it gradually evolved more like that. And yeah, the last year was, was really good. It really kicked off and got some pretty big campaigns and some cool projects and cool commissions and, you know, it was good. Yeah. Nice. So and your, you, the, the course that you did, you know, was it, had it given you a good kind of technical base or was it more of a, more of an um, opportunity to, to, to develop creatively? Well, I, I did it at uh, Bristol UWE and the course was awesome, but it's one of those photography, you've got to, you'll only get out as much as you put in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, like I was very much, I think because I dropped out of doing architecture, I perhaps felt like I had something to prove. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like, okay, I can't just drop out of architecture and do photography and, like, bum around for three years. Mm. I was like, I've made the big decision that I'm not going to be an architect. I want to be a photographer, so I'm going to have to work bloody hard to do this. So I was I was in there, like, all the time. They had really good resources, and, like, the lecturers and stuff were cool. Like, they were really good and really helpful, and, you know, they, they didn't stick between, like, a nine-to-five routine you know, like I remember on Boxing Day, I got an email of one of my tutors saying, like, oh, I saw this article online, you might really like it. Mm. You know, That's so nice. that was really good. And they were really supportive and stuff. And, um, you know, perhaps, perhaps I could have spent three years at my student and, like, fast-tracked my career a bit. Maybe I could have done that. But I think actually being there and kind of exploring different ways of shooting mm. and understanding what you want to shoot is uh, is a big thing. Yeah, yeah. Um so it's totally worth doing it. You know, it's great, but it was like, I only learned technical, like I kind of learned a lot of the theory of everything of how, how to practicalities of shooting and stuff in like the first week of the first year, you know, yeah. and then going from there. And then really the kind of stuff that I need to learn to be a commercial photographer, I learned from assisting after uni, you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just thinking when you, when you were reaching out to those, those people that you, that you assisted when you, when you got to London, uh, yeah, was it was it a case of just hustling and you know trying to get on anything, or you know, did you? Well, yeah, uh, a lot of people say you should only assist people like in your fields. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if you're a still life photographer, only assist still life photographers, or if you're a portrait photographer, only assist portrait. You know, but I kind of thought, why would I limit myself to just doing one thing? Yeah, yeah. So I assisted loads of people, but I think that's definitely the best thing because like, I learned like you work with an architectural photographer and you learn how to light a space Mm. and you're a sister, like editorial, you know, beauty photographer, you know how to light a person beautifully. And then if you combine those two together, Mm. you can light a person beautifully in a big space. And like, you've kind of learned both, both worlds. Um, So that's, you know, I think that's, that's how I did it. And, uh, but I, yeah, I, I assisted loads of people and I loved it. 
Yeah, I think it's 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 a great thing to do. You go kind of, um, and I, th- I think also it seems like you've kind of built up. I suppose building up those quite close relationships with people over time as well. Yeah, well, it's, that's the thing is it shoots. You know, I've worked with you on a few jobs, and you know, you, we've been on set and the photographer, and it, it can be quite a stressful environment if you're with the wrong team. Yeah, yeah. If you're with a, a team where you're like kind of mates with them, then you can understand what is needed. You can work really quickly and efficiently and get stuff done you know and you can yeah i think you've got to have a good this kind of friendship and be nice just be nice to people all the time i think it's yeah yeah for <laughs> sure and, and, and in yeah. terms of your 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 own uh work as a photographer you know kind of how yeah. how i suppose at this stage can you see how you'd like that career to develop you know are you kind of is the editorial slash commercial stuff kind of a means to an end would you much rather be focusing on the on the kind of personally led projects or um, do you like to kind of try and balance the two? I mean, that seems would, like a bit of a dream. What would be a, an absolute dream commission was to be, you know, shoot a campaign, like almost, I don't know, like advertorial. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking there's, there's, there's some people that you that you cite as influences that just seem to really strike that balance. Uh, yeah. Between, a, you know, a really kind of self-driven project, which, yeah. you know, can, can, can be put together in a, in a, in a much bigger context. Absolutely. I mean, there's some incredible photographers who absolutely smash, like Spencer Murphy smashes that. Absolutely. He and Zed Nelson, they do amazing long form photo essays and then they get commissioned off the back of that. But it's kind of fulfilling the needs of a client, you know? Yeah. Um that's kind of what I'm aiming towards. You know, I've I've got a clear vision of what I want to achieve in my life, you know, I, I know what I want. Um, it's just a matter of like working your ass off and getting there. And, you know, you've got to just have one opportunity, which leads to another opportunity, another opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. And you can kind of get on a momentum and then something can happen. And yeah. like coronavirus and everything gets put on hold. Yeah. And you're like, right, okay, Christ, how am I going to then try and stand out in the crowds of thousands of other photographers who are also in this position mm. like how can i possibly try and do that when there's people who've been doing this for 40 years and are absolute masters in their fields how can i try and you know be anywhere near parallel to that you know mm. so you've got to try and well and, that, and that's where all these kind of personal projects come in yeah just experimenting and trying different things and you know you never really know what happens you know no. you could shoot something and it'd be stuck on your website, and then five years down the line, someone would be like, "Oh, hey, saw your work. We'd love for you to shoot something for us." You know? Yeah. No, I think it's great. I mean, with the with the stuff you're doing at the moment, you know, there's definitely a sense of um, of uh, a willingness to not sit still and uh, and just kind yeah. Of, oh, I'll wait for this all to blow over. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, well I can't do that. I can never do that. It's mm. um, you know, when we we were back in London, and I was I I had loads of jobs. I had like twelve jobs cancelled in two days pretty devastating and some quite big jobs um and so i just suddenly found myself stuck in the flat and we live in a tiny little flat in surbiton um and so i was like oh i'm just gonna decorate it so i spent two weeks decorating the entire flat head to toe came to pembrokeshire i could very easily just like it's absolutely bloody gorgeous here i could just yeah. easily just walk around the countryside go down to the beach and not see a single person but like how long can you keep that up for you know i've I've kind of i have to do something i i just think i'm one of those people that just can't really sit still yeah yeah yeah. kind of need to be producing something whether that's like photographically or building something you know sure sure and when it comes to comes to you know the 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 long form projects do you kind of yeah I guess that would maybe suggest just someone who likes to have multiple things on the go at one time, or do yeah. you kind of have to dedicate to one one thing at a time? No, probably? I've always I, I always have millions of projects on the go, mm. and probably ninety five percent of them don't come into fruition. Like nothing happens with them. Mm. Like I was saying, you try and reach out to people, and sometimes you get overwhelmed with people who want to volunteer and everything, and then other times it just doesn't happen. Um, so yeah, there's, there's another project I'm working on at the moment. Um, I'm type 1 diabetic. And okay. recently I got a, a Libra sensor on my arm, which is basically a, a computer chip that goes into your arm and monitors your blood sugar levels continuously. And it, and it uh, basically talks to your phone. So it monitors right. your blood sugar the other day. Mm. Uh, 
and so and kind of shooting this new project all about how technology has impacted diabetes and has made it easier for people to live and to kind wow. of carry on working and all the cool things you can do as a as a person as a as a person who suffers from diabetes that you just couldn't do before wow and that's really interesting and i you know i researched a lot about that i found loads of you know different forums and groups and stuff like that and did calls out and all these different things and i had loads of people come forward so that's something that i'm going to carry on shooting for the next several years great um staying with the gatekeepers that's i've already been shooting that for three years mm. but though each one of those island visits um takes about two two and a half weeks because yeah. i'm there for a week potentially longer like i could be stuck on there i don't know mm. so I, I have to allocate that time it costs about three or four grand each island i go to so i've got to allow time to save up for that steve and then between each one i'm always Who lives there? How can I get in touch with them? How can I logistically plan to get into an island that's in the middle of nowhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's effort. Some things are really quick. Some things take years. Sure. Do, you, yeah. do you find with that approach that having all these little, you know, maybe some slightly bigger ideas, some slightly smaller ones, they kind of start to inform each other as well after a while? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's, especially in the terms of the logistics of producing a food or producing a project. Um, the kind of because I've been researching these islands for three years and been producing how I can get there, whether I've got to like charter a helicopter or mm. bribe a little fisherman to take me over. Like, there's different ways I can do that, but those kind of research and production experience has meant that I can uh, apply that to other projects. And it kind of the boring stuff of shooting a project kind of gets out of the way a lot quicker, mm. and I can actually go there and meet some people and tell their stories essentially yeah 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 oh, that's cool and i mean t- 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 turning on to the gatekeepers uh with a little bit more a little bit more focus you know kind of when you say it was about three years ago that that came uh, came into your mind you know did you have any sense at that stage of how far you were going to take it you know you, you say the cost involved as well like you must have been quite sure that it was something that you it was worth putting your yeah. time and effort into well, well i so like i said before when i first came to london i spent like a year assisting every single day like like five six days a week for a whole year and i didn't pick up my camera at all really and i was like this is not right i came to be a photographer i need to start shooting things for myself um and when i do david the rnli in st david's Mm. and he told me about this couple who lived on ramsey islands and another couple who lived on skema and they lived there all year round um and I was like, oh, that's quite interesting. It kind of put it to the back of my mind. And then we kind of fast forward a year, having not really picked up a camera. I started researching it again. And, you know, I, I spent like a month researching it and then went over there. And it's kind of just evolved from that. I thought it was just going to be this one little story about these guys who lived on this one island. So that would be it. But when okay. I was speaking to them, they were like, oh, you should go and meet my mates over on Skomer Island. I went over to Skoma and then I went over to Skokum and then I went to Lundy and you know and it was again it was quite an interesting way of doing it and um I didn't yeah I didn't really have a plan of how long it was gonna get I thought I'd be shooting it for like two years mm-hmm. but you know three years later and I'm only like a third of the way through <laughs> yeah okay so is there is there a is there a, a kind of focus on the islands that you're gonna that you aim to aim to go and shoot yeah next? so they're all so all the islands the way I've been editing down my selection is um they've all got to have a warden who lives there full time okay. and they all have to have a population of you know like less than 50 mm-hmm. um and so a lot of a lot of people have been like oh you should go to the isle of sky or something like that which yeah okay is is beautiful but there's like twenty thousand of people that live there and yeah. the kind of premise of the project is to see how a person can live in a in a place like that and mm-hmm. what's kind of person can do it and, and how you can deal with the kind of daily obstacles that that, that throws at you. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was, I was supposed to be going to the Isle of May in about a week's time, mm. but that's all of three. Yeah, <laughs> so, I don't think that's going to happen. No. <laughs> um, that's cool. And how, how far are, they, are these islands all around the UK? All around the UK, yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah, I've kind of done the southwest mm-hmm. to begin with primarily because 
they were in theory the easiest to get to. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the first one I went to was Scomer Islands, and that's like a twenty minute drive from my parents' house. So I was able to just drive down and stay at my parents, and then drive over the next morning and, and get on a little fishing boat and, and go over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's when I start venturing up to Northern Scotland when it's going to yeah. be a bit more bit more tricky. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, which which are the furthest out? You know, or, or how far out does some of these islands go? Well, there's, the there's, you know, you've got like the Outer Hebrides, but again, they're like, they're either too populated or they don't have someone live there all year round. Right. So I've been quite, quite particular about how I'm deciding. I kind of thought the dinner would be like six, but then I've been going to the islands and they've been like, oh, you should go to the <laughs> like, you know, made aware of more and the project gets Yeah, bigger. well, it's, it's just kind of really evolving nicely because it, like, it just, yeah, I just get recommendations, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose that helps the, you know, being being able to approach the subjects as well if they're, if, if they've got a kind of personal connection to someone else who's recommended yeah. you. And, yeah, and it is quite nice. I kind of thought they'd all be really introverted, but they're not at all. And, um, you know, it's it's quite trusting of them to let a bloke who they've never met before come and live with them for a week. Yeah, yeah. And I've, uh, you know, I, I have like a, half a dozen emails and then like a 10 minute phone call explaining what I want to do. And they're like, yeah, cool. Come and live with me on an island. Like, yeah, it's, awesome. like it's like five people here. Yeah. You can just yeah. come and live with us all and just photograph us rather than, yeah, yeah. and also quite a few of them, they've got um, quite unique wildlife. So they're not, they, they have like the BBC in places going on to film like puffins or seals or whatever. But I think they're quite flattered to be able to have someone, have someone look at their story. Yeah, who's interested in them rather than just the wildlife. Yeah, yeah. And you, you say that you're shooting that on on film for, for practical reasons, but yeah, do, do you find that they're quite keen to see the see the pictures? You know, like is there is there some yeah. sort of um, well, if every person I photograph, uh, well, I'll say that almost every person I photograph, I'll I'll send them a print. So, you know, like a physical print of an image. So as like, kind of thank you for their time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're all really interested. Mm. That's cool. I mean, it, it must be nice. Um, I suppose if, I'm just thinking if you're, if you're someone who, who, um, who spends their time living in that, at that pace of life and in that kind of isolation, it, yeah. it kind of suits the project in a way that it's shot on film and it's yeah. slower and isn't immediate. And, it is slower, yeah. yeah. And what's also nice is, because it's a personal project, I've got no kind of like shot list I've got to get, mm. you know. So often the first day I'm there, I don't even take my camera out. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. go to a place and just like walk around with them and kind of explore and do a little bit of a recce and have mm. a think about what's happening on the island and what's the tides doing, what's the winds doing here, how's the light looking here, what it'll be like at a later stage. Yeah. Kind of just exploring it and talking to them and getting to know them and... Yeah, I think that's the best way for them to kind of open up. Yeah. And that's yeah, something yeah, that's that I do with, with like editorial shoots as well. If I'm going to photograph someone at their house, I will leave all of my kit with my assistant at the, or like on the street. And then I'll knock, go up to the door, knock on the door, say hi, explain who I am and what I'm here to do. So their first response, their first like impression of me is, oh, it's just me. And like I'm yeah. the person that's going to meet you rather yeah. than being. Hi, I'm Alex, and here's my assistant, and here's like here are my six C stands. Yeah, and here's like a load of kit, and that's an immediate like barrier between you and them. And I, I feel like I know personally, if I was being photographed and someone came to my house and they came with a load of kit, I'd almost immediately put this like big shield up and be a bit like, oh, okay. Whereas you kind of go up and knock on the door and say who you are, like, and you got like a personal response. And they're like, okay, um, do you want a cup of tea? Yeah, okay, I'll, get, I'll have a cup of tea. I'll have one for my assistant. I'll just go and grab the kit. Mm. They're immediately so much more relaxed. It's almost like a friend's coming around to come and photograph them rather than like someone who's just going to be there for a few minutes and take your picture. Sure. You know? I think that's really important. It's, it's kind of like how you, you, you deal with people and can make people feel uncomfortable because, you know, make people feel comfortable, not uncomfortable because, you know, being photographed is quite a very... Quite it's really yeah it's easy to make someone feel completely the opposite. yeah and if i'm having my photo taken i do exactly what i do what my subjects do i get really awkward and like closed in and a bit like 
clammy and just hates every second of it. But like, that's often because it's just like someone just taking a picture. You don't know them. They've not really given a, a kind of introduction as to who they are as a person. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's cool. I mean, it's, it, it sounds great. The the idea of you know, spending the time on these islands and really kind of um, yeah, getting a sense for the place. And do you think? Do you think it will be the? Have you kind of got a a list of these islands that you're kind of one by one ticking off? Yeah. Or is it yeah. also that kind of occasionally one or two are getting added on there and it kind of I've got extend, a list. Like I said, I had I had a list of like six or seven that I was going to do. No. And then another one would get slotted in because someone would recommend it, and yeah. then another one would get added, and then another one would get added, mm. and then like you'd get people messaging me on Instagram or sending me an email being like. Oh, have you ever thought about like I'd never even heard heard of the Isle of Egg? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd never yeah. heard of that. But they're yeah. like, oh, you should go there. I was like, okay. rum, rum, muck, and egg. It has to be the best trio of <laughs> island names in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd, like I'd never even heard of it, and they were like, oh, you should go over there. Mm. And so I researched that, and you know, it's yeah, that gets added to the list. Mm. It's just an evolving project. There's there's yeah. not and because it's not like a set brief. I've not got a you know definitive thing that I exactly want to say it's not like it's like three towns somewhere that i need to tell the story of just three towns it, it can evolve i could be like right okay i'm done now <laughs> and i i feel like the project is finished yeah yeah is that is that um have you got more of a, an idea of how you want it to be shown than than the kind of the narrative itself you know yeah. is, it, is, it, is it something that you've you'd like to exhibit or, or print it i've got a very or? very unrealistic definitely not going to happen way of like visually on the island yeah okay cool they're large that are exhibited on an island in situ that will just get beaten up and battered over time i kind of like that idea um so that's my unrealistic way of exhibiting it that's That's cool definitely not going to happen but if i could do it that would be my way of doing it yeah i mean it's more more ambitious than just picking random gallery and and, and yeah 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 Yeah. But of course, it would be lovely to have like a solo exhibition at Sartre. Sure. <laughs> equally, yeah. equally ambitious in a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> but, I like I d- you know, but who knows? And talking to some different publishers about publishing it as well. Um, so that's quite nice to have people, you know, contact me rather than, you know, rather than me going to them. Yeah. yeah. They're pitching it as a book. To have yeah. publishers get in touch with me, and you have you haven't you written kind of like a work in progress as well from a few yeah. So I did a little zine um, mm. last year, which was like Island One Four, which was good. I did like about a hundred of those. Sent yeah. them out to originally. I just sent them out to art directors and like that um, promo. But then I got loads of people being like, "Oh, can I buy one of these? Buy one of these?" And I was like. Mm. Yeah, so I just got some more printed for them, but nice. that was really nice. Um, yeah, that, was, that, that, that in itself would be quite a nice thing to do across it and you know and collect it. So yeah, yeah. So it could be, you know, there could be two different ways to it. It could be a series of ongoing movements that create a little, you know, you make them into a box at the end of it of, of the different islands, and then yeah, you yeah. have like a finished book that's like fully edited and whatever. But it's, I think, I don't know. I feel like some photographers really keep hold of their um, their projects until it's completely finished and then they release a finished thing as well. I'm very much that why not just drip feed it, you know? Because mm. yeah, then yeah. you also, you get a kind of, you get a feedback from different people as to like what people think works, you know, because I'd hate to spend, like imagine if I'd spent five years shooting this project and I didn't show it to anyone and then I took it to a art buyer or something and they're like, this is complete crap, you should have shot it this way. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like kicking myself. Whereas doing it this way, I'm trip feeding it, talking to people. People are giving me feedback on it, what they like, what they don't like, how they think I could shoot it more, different places to visit. You know, it's it's quite a nice way of doing it as well. Yeah, I can imagine psychologically as well. You know, having something that just it comes into a a material form as it goes on must kind of help yeah. propel forward rather than just a load of well, yeah. a box full of a box full of negatives or whatever. Yeah, and I think it stops you getting bored of it well yeah yeah because yeah. you've got you know you're, you're actually talking to people about different things and you're like remembering things that you're doing mm. you know i wouldn't remember something i shot five years ago if i hadn't spoken about it in five years mm-hmm. so you know 
just as a kind of memory bank. Right now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. And is the um, the stuff that you're shooting at the moment of um, the isolated residents of St David's? You know, is that as you said at the beginning, is that kind of just something to keep you occupied, or um, is absolutely? That, is that, is, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not so, not something that's going to be the next uh, the next zine. Nah, don't think yeah. so. That's Unless cool. someone wants to give me a couple of thousand pounds to publish it, but <laughs> sure, sure. How, how many people are in the city? How many people? About eighteen hundred. Okay. How many have you shot so far? About thirty. Okay. <laughs> so that's 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 enough. That if if this does go on for a lot longer, you've got enough to uh, enough to keep you busy. Yeah, absolutely. It's quite nice. You know, gets you out of the house for an hour and a, hour and a bit. You know. Yeah, I like it, and the the, the the results are great. You know, it's um, it's uh, yeah. as I said at the beginning. You know, it's um, I think it's testament to um, yeah, just staying staying hungry and staying busy. You know, because yeah. um, there's all kinds of stuff that uh, you know, is worth capturing that, that just takes takes getting out of the house. Um, yeah, well, it's also it's such a a weird period mm. that hopefully will not happen again in our generation. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of, you know, I, I don't know, you, I almost feel like obliged to document it in some way. Yeah. And what's nice is lots of people creating work at the moment, each with their own, like, narrative to it, you know, their own interpretation of what's going on. And it's just really interesting to see how people are doing that. And, and when this is all over, how people choose to do it and seeing the visual log of what's happened and how it's impacted each person individually is, is quite a an interesting and you know special thing i suppose yeah yeah i've, I've, I've enjoyed i've enjoyed seeing you know what is quite intimate portraiture through a window and how how, how quite a significant difference that makes just having that plane of glass yeah in the, um, yeah. I think it, it does a really nice job of, of capturing a slightly odd feeling. It, <laughs> is, like, it is really weird. It's really yeah. close, but this, this, this just plane of glass is, is, is really separating yeah. everything. And trying to describe what we're doing and how to direct the person through a plane of glass and we can't really mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. The pan signals and kind of directing and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a new skill to learn, certainly. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I really appreciate the um, yeah the conversation. Uh, it's nice to it's nice to stay 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 connected. I mean, um, it's uh, it's nice, I suppose, that we're able to um, to stay creatively active. But I also think it's quite important to yeah. um, to stay in connection with people, and, uh, and we're, we're, we're lucky to be able to do it. But um, yeah, I, uh, I appreciate you taking the time, dude. No problem at all.